Hey, welcome to another episode of the Wednesday Pull List. We are live. I'm your host, Lex, and uh, as you guessed, Murph isn't here. <laughs> I don't I don't know. I was going to come up with a bunch of excuses. In fact, this whole episode was just going to be me telling stories of uh, where he was and where he's been, his adventures across the world. But I'm not going to do that. We're in for a solo round, so that means I'm going to keep it short and sweet. It's the first week of the month, so we're going to go over the Friday Night Fights from October. It's November, right? Jesus. Get it together, man. If you don't follow us on Instagram, you should. Go follow us once once a month. We don't do it once a month. We do it every Friday night. We have a Friday Night Fight, which usually Murph, Murph and I get together and we pick them out. Who's gonna, uh, you know, go head to head? It could be any character, games, movies, comic books. If you guys have any characters that you'd like to go uh, toe and toe to toe, we <laughs> we can do that. Just message us and we'll get it going. We'll get a poll going, and uh, we'll declare the winner and talk about it on an episode of the podcast. And if we do pick your character, we will uh, give you a shout out and all that jazz, and uh, you'll become famous. So there's that. Even though we're talking about those fri- that those Friday night fights, I have some a little bit of news I'm going to touch base on just because I'm here solo around. There's some things that caught my eye, some things that interest me. And uh, yeah, so I think we're going to jump right in. We have a question that uh, someone left, oh man, a few weeks ago, maybe. And I've been waiting for Murph to come back to kind of answer it. But that's not happening, folks. There's no telling when he's coming back. I, I would like to say, I tell you guys every week that he's coming back next week. So I'm going to say he's not coming back next week. So maybe reverse psychology on the universe. He'll be here. We'll see. But I'm going to answer the question to the best of my ability. I haven't even listened to it. So it's going to be straight up winging it. But that's how these solo rounds are. We just wing it. We go raw, we go uncut, and we drop it like it's hot. Dumb. Sep Braz, Sloan here. What do you guys think about the digital media trend going on? I don't know about you, maybe it's a generational thing, but whether it's books, games, movies, I like having a physical copy of things versus the figment idea of a digital download. Like I said, maybe it's just me. I was wondering what you guys are thinking on that topic. All right, so the digital media trend. Ooh, that's a doozy. Uh, thanks for the question, Sloan. You've been one of the listeners from the get-go. I got to get you on here as Murph's replacement uh, one episode because, I don't know, he's just not here. <laughs> Uh, Okay, so digital media trend, digital versus physical. Um, I don't know. Part of me, as a comic book collector, I love having the physical copies. But on the other side of it, I, I do love the convenience of digital. So in one aspect, I do collect older books worth a little bit of value on things that I actually enjoy, things that I like, but that doesn't mean that I don't like a bunch of stories, you know? And, and it's, uh, let's see if I'm saying this right. 
I would like to read all the comic book stories, but I don't want to buy them all. Not because they don't deserve to be purchased, mainly because I don't have that kind of money. So I do, I am a member of Marvel Unlimited and DC Universe, so I can read a bunch of old uh, old books digitally. So I do enjoy the convenience of that. I mean, I do go to the public library and check out old graphic novels there, but still just the convenience of opening up the iPad, you know, and just popping up an old book, reading through it, enjoying it, putting it back away, something I'll probably never read again, but just sucking up that knowledge. <laughs> Sounded weird. <laughs> um, also, you know, with music, I don't want a bunch of CDs around. So the convenience of having all my music on my phone, on my laptop, that helps. Also, movies. I, I, you know, some people like to have a big, huge DVD collection. I just think it's a lot of clutter. It gets in the way. I don't need it. So I do. There's not a lot of movies I have. We have some movies for the kids on DVD. There's some superhero movies that I that I really enjoyed that I bought. But generally, all my movies are digital, and that might be a problem. I don't know. I don't think it's going to be. We'll see. As for games, I typically like to have uh, the physical game. I like to go to the store, buy it, have it, pop it in. But with that being said, most of my games on my PlayStation are digitally downloaded out of pure laziness. So I'm on the digital side of this, mainly because of pure convenience. I like to I can read comics on my phone. When I'm hanging out at work, not doing anything or, you know, jumping on the metro to go downtown, I could just pop it up, read something, put it away. It's done. I don't have to carry a big bag full of books around with me every time I want to read a comic book. So that's that. I'm sure Murph is on the other side of this. We'll ask him whenever we finally get a hold of him. He, I'm sure he's a, you know, he's old school country boy. So I figure he's more, you know, likes to have the physical stuff. But, you know, that's that. Thanks for the question, man. If you got any more, hit us up. Lay it on us. And we'll talk more about that at the end of the episode. Okay, so let's do a little bit of game talk. I don't want to talk too much about it because I don't have a lot of information. I I, I got a little bit. I want to do more research before I dive deep into these topics. Two big games that have been announced by Blizz by Blizzard. They had BlizzCon last week where they announced a bunch of stuff. Two things that really stuck out to me though were Diablo 4. Big game. Played for years with a lot of my friends. I even recently played it with a bunch of my friends. Recently being a few months ago. Uh, so I'm really excited for 4 to come out. The story and the design. The story from what I saw looks amazing. I'm excited for it. And the other one was Overwatch 2. Overwatch 2 is going to be a massive game. The first one was massive, even though it was just PvP, which for me, obviously, is a turnoff, but I love the character design and I love the background story so much. Hopefully, they include some more story elements, which I think they're going to, into Overwatch 2 for some of the more casual players like myself. Again, I love the lore. I love the character design. I love the characters. I just wish there was a more casual way to play the game rather than just getting destroyed every time I get in. And maybe, you know, 
Maybe the game's not for me. I would like it to be. I think they would sell more games. Not that they're worried about that. So the other thing I was going to talk about is I was going to talk about some games that are coming out this month that have caught my eye that I'm going to get and I'm excited about. We'll start off with, of course, Death Stranding coming out this week, November 8th, available exclusively on the PS4. I've heard a lot of good reviews about this game. I've heard that it's beautiful. It's a very dense, very powerful game, but I've also heard that it's really slow. And although I'm going to get it, I have a hard time in my old age staying awake for slow games. Uh, if it's a Kojima game, that means the story is going to be really, really, really deep. And you're going to have to pay attention to it. And uh, I'm going to take this game really slow. So I'm going to be avoiding all spoilers and everything from it. Uh, yeah, it was just announced for PC as well. If you want to wait until summer 2020 to play that version. So there's that. Next up, I got Pokemon Sword and Shield. I'm, a, I'm still a believer in uh, being a fan of Pokemon. I know grown-ups aren't technically supposed to, even though I see a crab ton of adults playing Pokemon Go. It recently reignited my interest in it because my son is into Pokemon Go, and it's very, you know, it brings back the old memories of being in the seventh grade and playing it on my old school Game Boy Color. Yeah, I had a Game Boy Color. We weren't poor, y'all. <laughs> not saying that there's anything wrong with being poor we've all been there i'm excited about this when it's on the nintendo switch it comes out november 15th i'm gonna get it obviously i'm gonna get sword because shields are for punks or probably smarter probably the smarter of the two and um, but i'm excited about it so um yeah, I don't have much information on it. They've been keeping a lot of it pretty close. And I don't want to spoil anything. I want to go into it completely just, you know, unaware of what's going on. So I'll keep you guys posted on what I think about it. Another game I'm excited about that a lot of people may not be excited about is Star Wars Jedi The Fallen Order. Coming out November 15th, available on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. <clears throat> now, a lot of people don't aren't too keen to star wars games especially because of the whole battlefront fiasco but i always enjoy them i think they're always beautiful i think the stories are always good from knights of the old republic one of my favorite games of all time to force unleashed one and two i enjoyed both of them i enjoyed battlefront i thought it looks great even though you know my friends didn't like it as much as i did i thought it looked amazing i'm excited about this one this one the combat uh, it feels kind of like a Dark Souls game from what I hear, which I enjoy, even though they're crazy, stupid hard. In fact, if you die, you'll have to defeat your last enemy, the last enemy you fought to regain your lost XP, kind of like Bloodborne. I have a buddy that loves Bloodborne. I'm terrible at it, but it's enjoyable for a little bit. Then that shit gets old real fast. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there it is. Another game that a lot of people may not know about is Shenmue 3. I'm, I'm totally butchering that name, but it's a Dreamcast. It's an old Dreamcast game that I liked. It's basically a, a beat 'em up game for a new era. And it's the third one. It's, it's supposedly not the end of the story. So if this one does well, they're going to make another one. And I feel like some people should give it a chance. It's about a guy that's traveling through China, trying to find his father's killer and beating the crap out of people on his way. Great game. Check it out. That's what I got on my games list. If you guys have any games that you uh, are playing or interested in that I missed, 
Let me know. I'm not going to dive deep into any comic book news, uh, as in current comic books, like what came out this week, what came out last week. If you want to know any of that stuff, go over and follow me uh, and Murph on Instagram at Wednesday Pull. We talk a lot of comics on there. A lot of comics. Uh, we're going to be doing a lot of YouTube com- content in 2020. I've already been lining up stuff with some uh, some people in the comic book community. Very excited about that. A lot of comic book related things. And uh, yeah, I mean, I do have episodes of the podcast once a month that are mainly devoted to all comic talk. But I, I do like to touch base every now and then on something related to comics. As far as the news, updated news of like what comes out week to week, though. The best bet would be to go over to Instagram. I put my ten, my top 10 books that I pick up. Thursdays, I'm going to start doing uh, top five moments in comics this week. So you'll get all of that stuff over there. Go check it out. It's worth it. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. But right now, we're going to talk a little bit about movies. There's not a lot of movie talk. There's not a lot of movies that I've seen. And I know that Murph hasn't gone out and seen movies in a while i don't care i can't remember the last thing i think he just saw x-men dark phoenix i would love to uh talk about that with him speaking of youtube content i'd like to get murph to do some movie reviews on on our youtube channel but we'll talk about it (laughs) of course one movie that i have seen was terminator dark fate Now, it's getting a lot of flack from people. I've heard both sides of it. I've heard positive reviews, and I've heard the general public people saying, you know, there's kind of sequel fatigue, uh, reboot fatigue, which I get it. I get it. But I'm a sucker for this franchise, just like Rocky, just like some of those old movies. Die Hard, I saw the new Die Hard years and years ago when it came out. I'm a sucker for these old movies. And whether... Terminator's Dark Fate is the last chapter in the story or the first chapter in an all-new franchise, it doesn't matter. The film works either way. It brings a tale of the first two films to a satisfying conclusion while reintroducing the classic storyline in an exciting new way. So, I mean, it, it just it doesn't matter which way you look at it. You know, it's also exciting for new audience members. So if you take someone that's a little younger than you that doesn't, that's not as familiar with the old movies, they can enjoy it. It's a huge blockbuster. It's it's, it's bringing the franchise back to its true form and very not nine. It's not nineties action, but it's it's very much so an action movie, just like the old one. The old one had a good story. It was a ton of action and. Uh, I don't want to spoil too much. It just came out. I don't want to. I don't want to do a spoiler review. I'm trying my best to do a spoiler-free review, and the advice that I got was to keep it short. And that's as short I can, as I can say. I did enjoy it. If on a scale of one to ten, I'd say it's a seven. So as you know, I don't give out tens. It's a seven. So it's pretty good. It's a pretty good score for me. Uh, what else do we have in comic news? Let me skin my notes. Oh, we have some more The Batman movie. Uh, news, new casting news. A lot of people have been going back and forth. As we know, 
Um, what's the kid's name from Superbad? Jonah Hill is out. He wanted more money than Robert Pattinson or something like that. And they just said, you know what, man, we're just going to pass. He said, we're going to, you know, it was like mutual. They both said they weren't going to do it, which is cool. But as of yesterday, today, Colin Colin Farrell and Andy Serkis are in talks to join the Batman. Now, you're probably going to guess wrong at who's playing who, but Colin Farrell is in negotiations to join the Marvel's Gallery of Rogues, according to multiple reports. Uh, If all goes according to plan, the actor will play Oswald Cobblepot, the mobster better known as the Penguin. I'm pretty excited about that. It wouldn't be Farrell's first gig as a supervillain. He plays... He played Bullseye in the 2003 Daredevil movie, which we don't talk about. (laughs) Andy Serkis, meanwhile, is reportedly in talks to play Bruce Wayne's faithful butler and closest confidant, Alfred Pennyworth. You know, he's obviously played Claw in uh, Black Black Panther, so he's not stranger to these uh, superhero movies. And a lot of people aren't too keen to Serkis playing... Alfred, but I think it works, and I don't think they're going to go for like the doty butler or the the emotional, sensitive caretaker. I think they're going to go for someone that because you know we are getting a younger Rob, a younger Bruce Wayne, so we need a younger Alfred, and it's going to be closer to. I think it's Earth One was the series where Alfred kind of helped train him. Because you know Alfred does have a history as not a spy, but he was in the British intelligence. He, was, he knows what he's doing. So I hope they do that aspect of it. Alfred's a little harder on him. If he wants to do, you know, if Bruce wants to do this, he has to learn how to survive. I hope they do that. And Colin Farrell could be a good cobblepot pot. I do love Danny DeVito's cobblepot. He's my favorite penguin. I don't like Gotham at all. I think it's the worst show I've ever seen. But it proves that you don't need like the super fat penguin for people to like it. Because a lot of people do like the show Gotham. I think Colin Farrell will, will be good. If you played the Telltale games of Batman, which I, you know, I try to get Murph to play it and other people want Murph to play it. He's just, he's going to fight it. And their, their Cobblepot's not, a, you know, a fat guy. He's a regular, regular man. Just uh, his family and the Waynes have a feud. So hopefully they, they tie some of that in there. I think it'll be really good. I'm excited for these castings. Um, I'm excited for this movie, just in general. I, I hope it's going to be good. There's a lot of hype behind it. That's my only thing. I, I think they need to just dial it back on the hype. Dial it back on the announcing stuff every other week. Because I, I don't want it to be overhyped. And then it just be an okay movie. I'd rather it be underhyped and just be an insane movie, you know, but we'll see. What else? What else? What other movie news have we got going on this week, guys? Big news, a little early for me, um, but big news is Spider-Man or Spider-Verse 2 was announced to come out in 2021. Now, if I got that wrong, let me know, but I'm pretty sure that's what it said. Um, 
they released a little a little video that had all these different spider emblems on there. People have been, you know, going through them and trying to see who's going to be in there, who's going to do what. We obviously know Spider-Man 2099 is going to be in there. I think the old cast, Noir, Ham, Penny, I think they're all going to be back. It'd be silly for them not to be back. Uh, my favorite, Peter Parker, Peter B., I hope he's back. He's definitely Jake Johnson was perfect. He's the perfect voice of Spider-Man. I hope he's back. But the plot is said to focus on Gwen and Miles. Even though we know it's going to be a multi-universal story because they're having more and more teases about other characters. So there's going to be other Spider-Man, other women. We have uh, again we've seen Ham, Noir, Parker, old Peter Parker. Uh, and we've also saw Oscar Isaac's Spider-Man 2099, who made an appearance in the post credit scenes, which we assume that that's a teaser for the next movie. I mean, there's plenty of Spider-People, spider, spider, people, spider people, Spider-People to choose from. Producers Phil Lord and Chris Miller have said that they want to see Silk, a.k.a. Cindy Moon, a former classmate of Peter Parker's who was also bitten by the same radioactive spider in Spider-Punk, which is a Hobby Brown from an alternate universe. It's kind of a guy leading the revolution against, you know, the man. Very cool. One of my favorite Spider-Man suits. He's got a jean jacket, sneakers, spikes on his head. He looks freaking badass. And, and that's only the beginning. So I'm excited. We know 2099 is going to be in there. I hope. Obviously, I hope Silk, I hope Spider-Woman gets, you know, some some love. Spider-Gwen, she's, she's okay. I think it's going to be a good movie. Obviously, if you know me, you know how much I loved Spider-Verse. I've watched it probably a million times since I saw it in theaters twice. The only movie, one of the only movies I've seen twice, more than once in theaters. That'll tell you something. One character that I do love that has been confirmed already is Spider-Man, <laughs> which is referring to the Japanese Spider-Man. It was from a Japanese live-action tokusatsu uh, television series pro- produced by Toei. Uh, yeah, it's loosely based on the Marvel comics, the Marvel's comic Spider-Man. It lasted about 41 episodes uh, way back in the day, like 78 I think 78, 79 or something like that. It's really, really old. If you know anything about Tokusatsu, it's, it's kind of like you have to think about power Rangers. So character hero fights monsters, beats monster, monster gets big. They call in giant robot to help fight the bigger character or bigger monster. And, <clears throat> Spider-Man actually in this show has a giant robot. His name is uh, Leopardon, which I hope, obviously, I think he's going to be in there. If you, I strongly recommend that you go back and you find a copy, either a trade, a graphic novel, or, or digitally of the Spider-Verse book. It's amazing. It's one of my favorite stories. I loved it. Um, he's in it. <clears throat> they play a big part in uh, taking down the Inheritors, which are the villains, which I wouldn't be mad if they actually introduced the Inheritors into Spider-Verse 2. Another thing I wouldn't be mad about is if we finally got to see Toby Maguire, Andrew Garfield, and Tom Holland all together with Miles. I think it'd be a good opportunity to introduce the multiverse into the 
Tom Holland movies, and then also giving a little fan service for the old people that love Tobey Maguire, the people that love Andrew Garfield, and for the people that love Tom Holland to kind of keep the peace. It could also be an intro to Venom. You could have Venom in the movie at some point because what you know, some old Spider-Man had to have messed with Venom at some point. It, it opens a door for a ton of possibilities. I can't wait to see what they do because I feel like it's it's so far back that it has to be somewhat related to the next Spider-Man movie. Tons of speculation. We'll talk more about that down the line. I'm excited about it. I hope you are too. That is all I have for movie news. If I miss something, guys, comment wherever you can. I don't know what you're listening to this on, but comment somewhere. Hit us up. Let me know what I missed. TV shows, I got nothing. We talked a lot about TV shows last week. And let's just say next week, Disney Plus comes out. So we're obviously going to be talking about that. So let's just chill. We don't need... Oh my gosh, I can't not talk about Watchmen. (laughs) Watchmen on HBO. Quick show talk. It's amazing. It's on episode three if you haven't watched it. Episode two was good. But episode three really wrote me in. I, I can't talk spoilers. What we're gonna do is we're gonna do. I'm gonna do a full series review. I know Murph hasn't watched it yet. Maybe I guess I'll you know try to let him. I'm not HBO. I'm not giving him my password. Don't block me from the program. But we'll get him watching the show. We'll do a full show review when it's over but man let me tell you right now i'm 100 invested nine o'clock every sunday i'm there my wife's invested it's it's good some people have talked about the political overtone being too much i think it's just right for the watchmen and if you think it's too much then you should probably go back and read the watchmen not watch the movie read the watchmen do that and then just shut up and enjoy the show that was movie talk show talk Now let's go to actually what we're here for and talk about our Friday Night Fights. All right, starting with week one, we have Joel from Last of Us versus Nathan Drake from the Uncharted series. Joel is a major character and playable protagonist in the Last of Us series. And... Joel's a survivor in the post-apocalyptic America that has been ravaged by these weird cordyceps brain infection things that have decimated 60% of mankind globally. After losing his only daughter, Sarah, in the early stages of the outbreak, Joel becomes a ruthless and cynical smuggler, eventually tasked with smuggling and protecting Ellie, a young girl who is the key to to mankind's survival. Joel eventually softens up and comes to form a strong bond with Ellie. Um, yeah, okay. So let's talk about uh, Nathan Drake real quick. Uh, he's the main protagonist and playable character in the Uncharted series. He's formerly, if you played all of them, a professional treasure hunter. But he describes himself as a DC deep sea salvage expert and action pro. Since childhood, Nate and his older brother Samuel have held the belief that they are descended from the famous English explorer, Sir Francis Drake. Now, this is week one. We wanted to switch it up a little bit. We were going comic book heavy, so we wanted to take a break. I currently got PlayStation Now, and so and I I realized I never played 4 
uh, Uncharted 4, A Thieves' End, which I'm playing right now and I'm loving it. I'm also, in October, a free game was The Last of Us. And so I started playing that again. And even though I fall asleep a lot playing both of them, I really was like, okay, well, let's just, what, what would happen if these two characters fought? I would love to hear Murph's thoughts on these, but he's not here this week. So we're just going to get my side of it, guys. And I want you guys to comment anywhere you can on, again, wherever. Below, to the side, up, down, wherever you can comment. Let me know what you think. You guys do a really good job every Friday and over the weekend. But here we are collectively talking about it. So I'd like to hear your thoughts. My opinion, though, 100%, I don't talk about them until we record this episode. I think... For sure that Nathan Drake takes it. Just from the point of playing this game, I know that Joel's you know rough and gruff and he's a survival and he knows how to salvage and do all of these things. But let's just be honest, ladies and gentlemen. Nathan Drake is actually a superhuman. Whether it be jumping from building to building, mountains to mountains, it's insane and you know endurance he can take down a hundred you know enemies with a handgun he can regen his health from just standing outside of the danger for a second this guy is superhuman there's no way possible that joel can compete joel's old too nathan drake's not so this one has has got to go to nathan drake if you don't think so let me know Hit me up and plead your case. Second week number, second week number two, week number two, and I caught some flack for this one being one-sided, but if you're a true comic book fan, you can see this fight for what it is, and we are actually going to talk about the time that these two characters really did meet up in a one-shot book. This week's was, or the second week's was Joker versus Carnage. Now, obviously, from a power standpoint, People are, are leaning towards Carnage. I wasn't necessarily... I should have been more clear. I was going for a more overall villain versus overall villain. Crazy versus crazy. You know, how much do they pester and just, you know, their character, their superhero. But people went straight up literal fight, which is okay. That's what, we're, that's what we typically do. I should have been more clear if that's not what I wanted. Um, but yeah, so Joker, Joker is a supervillain created by Bill Finger, Bob Kane, and Jerry Robertson, who first appeared in the debut issue of the comic book Batman, April 25th, 1940, published by DC Comics. Credits, credits for the Joker's creation is often disputed. Kane and Robertson claimed responsibility for the Joker's design while acknowledging Finger's writing contribution. Although the Joker was planned to be killed off during the initial appearance, which I've talked about before, he was spared by an editorial intervention allowing the character to endure as the arch enemy of the superhero we all know as Batman. In his comic book appearances, the Joker is portrayed as a criminal mastermind. Introduced as a psychopath with a warped and sadistic sense of humor, the character became a goofy prankster in the late 1950s in response to a regulation by the Comics Code Authority before returning to his darker roots during the early 1970s. As Batman's nemesis, the Joker has been part of the superhero's defining stories. I mean, some really some of my favorite books, including The Murder of Jason Todd, The Second Robin, 
and the paralysis of one of Batman's allies, Barbara Gordon, a.k.a. Batgirl. The Joker has had various possible origin stories, which is partly one of the things that I love so much about the character. We've talked about this before, and, and people say that it's my gripe with the movie, even though it's not. I enjoyed the movie. That's all I'm going to say about it until we get to week four, obviously. Um, but yeah, the most common story involves him falling into a tank of chemical waste that bleaches his skin and turns his hair green, his lips bright red. The resulting disfigurement drives him insane. I think, and other people, you know, critics, comic book critics, uh, consider him to be the perfect adversary for Batman. Basically, 100% the complete opposite of Batman. So, a great character, great bad guy. I love him, even if he's annoying and portrayed annoyingly in some some books. So, I, I don't know. It's obviously one-sided. Uh, I didn't get a lot of information on Carnage. Cletus Cassidy is a murderer straight up just crazy guy straight jacket Hannibal Lecter style not necessarily eating people but uh, Carnage is a symbiote that spawns from Venom and uh, attached to Cletus Cassidy and they go on a rampage numerous times Maximum Carnage was the first I remember of him I don't I think his first appearance was right before then and I definitely should have looked up those facts I thought I had him but I don't sorry um, yeah, great character. With a symbiote, as you know, with Venom, he can create all kinds of different things with his tendrils. Axes, maces, use them as spikes. So people just said, hey, Carnage is going to rip through um, Joker. It's not even fair. Lex, what are you thinking? You're smoking something, man. There's no way this fight's fair. But I, I just remember as a kid reading... Spider-Man and Batman Disordered Minds. It was a one-shot that came out in September 1995, written by J.M. Dematius, however you say his name, and penciled by Mark Bagley. He's my favorite Spider-Man artist, so that's probably why it sticks in my head so much. The plot is the Joker and Carnage meet with behavioral... Behavioral... (laughs) however you say that psychiatrist Cassandra Breyer and attempts she attempts to use the two killers as tests for a chip that will lobotomize their homicidal instincts the carnage symbiote neutralizes Cassidy's chip after it's implanted with Cassidy pretending that the chip works so he can meet the Joker after carnage removes the Joker's chip the two psychopaths basically form an alliance uh, before their two differ- deferring methods of killing cause them to clash. The Joker tries to kill Carnage with a bomb, but Carnage drapes the piece of the symbiote over a corpse to fake his death. Batman and Superman or Batman and Spider-Man uncover this whole ordeal, but Batman somehow gets engulfed, you know, by the tendrils of the symbiote and uh and uh, I'm trying to think what happens. It's a oh, super old book, 95. I was like eight years old. And But Carnage proposes to kill Batman for the Joker. But the Joker threatens to set off a bomb to destroy Gotham, himself, and Carnage, rather than see Carnage kill Batman. As Batman battles Carnage, Spider-Man goes after the Joker. The Joker defiantly dares Spider-Man to kill him. However, Spider-Man is Spider-Man, and he's unable to stoop to that level, electing to instead 
captured the Joker in typical superhero Spider-Man style. Great book. And it just shows that even though Carnage does have that raw power, Joker is, is is way intelligent in the way that he operates. Like he has backup plans for backup plans for backup plans. And uh, he always thinks it through. So given the opportunity, I think it would be an interesting fight. But that did not that did not go over well with uh, with our community. And I apologize, guys. I'm going to try harder next time. Then <laughs> I tried harder the next week. People did rather enjoy this one. And uh, we're going to talk about it. So I say, oh, well, I didn't get my verdict. I say, yeah, Carnage takes it in a straight up fight. He takes it. But if Joker has the opportunity and he can tell the weaknesses of, you know, flames and sound, um, if he knows all of that stuff, the Joker easily beats Carnage. So there you have it. Um, week three, we have Bat Venom versus Joker Carnage. I doubled up on it this week, folks. I said, you know what? That wasn't fair. So let's do a Batman versus Joker fight, but let's give them both symbiotes. Let's combined. Let's combine the two from last week. I don't have much information because this has never happened in the comic books. But the symbiotes themselves, the first appearance of the symbiotes occur in the Amazing Spider-Man concurrently. So they they come out all about the same time in uh, May 1984. These three issues were released. Bam, 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 bam. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man issue 252, Spectacular Spider-Man issue 90, and Marvel Team-Up issue 141, in which Spider-Man brings home to Earth the symbiote. He's wearing it after the Secret Wars. Secret Wars number 8, which was released months later, details the first encounter with the symbiote. Uh, funny fun fact the concept was created by a marvel comics reader with the publisher purchasing the idea for 220 dollars venom just made freaking a crap ton of money in the theaters and this guy made 220 dollars off of his creation the original design was then modified by mike zek becoming the venom symbiote the concept would uh, be explored and used throughout multiple storylines spinoff comics and derivative projects it's great. You at this point you have to think in terms as Carnage and, and Joker that they're just going to be crazy and that's overpowering. But you have to think about Venom affecting Batman's brain, making him more aggressive. I, I in this fight I still think Batman takes it just because Batman he's just I don't know. This would be a good one to me. But I think Batman takes it because Batman is Batman and Batman always wins there. I said it. I'm sorry, folks. Defying all logic, as Batman does, he wins. Game over. Week four obviously was a play at good old Uncle Lex trying to ride some trending topics. With the success of the Joker movie... I wanted to do the last, and we were already on the Joker. I should have did the first month, or the first week, some sort of Joker fight. But then we just went on this Joker trend, and I said, let's finish it with the conversation that nobody, quote-unquote, wants to have. Let's do Heath Ledger Joker versus Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. And I'm not talking movie against movie. I'm talking 
Joker, the character against Joker, the character. We know Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. We all just saw the movie. Arthur Fleck was a stand-up comedian, but was fired after being falsely accused. He was later repeatedly beaten by various people and tried to resurrect his career as a comedian. He also lost access to his medication and his therapist, causing him to succumb to the madness and taking on the identity of the Joker. What's cool about Heath Ledger's Joker is he's closer to the source material. And I know that's just one thing that people say, get over it, Lex. It's not what's important. He's closer to the source material. He's more of that terrorizing Gotham Batman villain Joker, which is cool. Let's talk about who wins in a fight. Okay. Joaquin Phoenix's Arthur Fleck is more of random acts of chaos. Spiraling, riots, all these things. None of it's orchestrated. None of it was planned. On the other side, it's the same kind of chaos. I I wouldn't even say more chaos because it's controlled. And planned out very, you know, that first scene of that movie where they robbed that bank and it's all planned out. I, I mean, it's genius. And I feel like for that reason, Heath Ledger's Joker wins. I'm not saying that Arthur Fleck doesn't, can't, and will not become that methodic Joker that has all these plans on, you know, how to take down the man, but we're going straight up these two incarnations of these characters right now. Yeah, I think Heath Ledger takes it, guys. Um, Just because he was a force of nature. And Arthur Fleck just kind of didn't, he was just going with the flow. And uh, in a fight, it's not going to win. So there you have it, folks. That was our month of fights, October. We got some good ones coming out this uh, this month. I can't wait to talk about it with Murph. Um, other than that, yeah, I think we're circling the drain. I don't got much else. Um, yeah, we'll talk more about future episodes when I got Murph here. Him and I have been talking kind of uh, on the sidelines about some things. One thing I do want to talk about is... Last year, I'd say, episode 10 or 20, I don't remember which one it was, we did a Q&A episode. It was one of my favorite episodes. It was challenging, it was fun, and uh, it didn't sound as good as I wanted to, but I would like to redo, or not redo it, but I'd like to do another Q&A episode for New Year's, our New Year's celebration. I'd like that to be a Q&A episode. So if you're listening to this, from now until then, if you ask a question, I'm saving it up. So ask away. Ask as many questions as you want. We'll, we'll go through all of them and give all of our answers. Um, lead, and then we're also going to talk in New Year's. We're also going to talk about the things going forward for 2020. Like I said, I got a lot of comic book content for YouTube that we're going to plant. That is going to be twice weekly. I've connected with some people in the YouTube comic book community hopefully collaborate with them i have some collaborations with some some other you know nerd podcasts going on starting in january i'm really excited about it the first year of the podcast was we had no idea what we were doing the second year was we still didn't know what we were doing but we wanted to figure out and we were working actively to figure it out and my goal was to at the very least at the end of 2019 i wanted to improve the sound and I wanted to have some sort of format. 
So I have that format now and the sound to me sounds better. It will get better. And so 2020 is going to be the push. We're going to actually try to do this thing. So I'm excited that we have some conventions lined up. There's two shows. There's a video game convention in our hometown and a comic book convention in our hometown. We're going to try to do live episodes at both of those. I have big plans for those. Uh, we have shirts. If you guys want a shirt, hit us up. We'll send you one. We just got a lot of things going on. I'm really excited about it. I want Murph to, if Murph's going to be gone for the rest of the year, I want him to be gone for the rest of the year to rest up because we're going to hit the ground running in 2020. And, I, and I'm, I'm glad you guys could be here for all the messy and gross episodes before we made it to the big leagues. <laughs> I'm definitely circling the drain now. I need to go to sleep. Thank you all for listening and the support. We'll see you next week.